0: Rate review, share, and join. This call is being recorded.
1: Good morning, Chris.
0: Hey, Uncle Steve, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? Good. Good to talk to you.
0: Yeah. I um... have a question
1: I have a question for you before we start. What are you doing up at five fifteen in the morning?
0: Well, this is kind of my normal uh, wake up time. Uh, I normally what? I normally go to uh, I normally go to bed pretty early, and uh, it's my favorite time of day. I like okay. the, yeah, I like I like the early morning. Uh, Man, today uh, today I was up especially today I was up before I was up at like three forty today. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> just in anticipation. Um, but I yeah, I like the morning. But, um
1: okay anyway yeah
0: how how are you doing? How are you doing this morning?
1: uh, we're doing well uh toby uh our dog, he was throwing up at uh, about six o'clock, so we get to hear oh, no. that at least he knows at least he knows where to get sick he He moves over by the back door and there's a pretty thick uh rug there that we can clean easily. We bought just for that purpose. He doesn't get sick very often, but uh. He got his hair cut yesterday, and so I think they give him something to eat at that haircut place that screwed him up. But anyway, that was our emergency in the morning. Did you take him to PetSmart or Petco? No. No, there's a salon here that we take him to. We, he gets a haircut about you – know, he's very. He's a doodle, so they don't shed, but they grow a pretty thick coat. And he looks like a um, the shaggy dog when he's – hasn't been shaved and then when he gets shaved he looks like a poodle kind of you know so a big poodle 85 pound poodle so uh okay. but he's really frisky once, once he gets his hair trimmed he gets he's like i want to go outside and you know run around because he he i think he just feels better you know he feels friskier he he wants to show it off to the neighbor yeah, yeah he wants to strut yeah yeah yeah
0: is, is he yeah. kind of like one of those dogs in uh the movie best in show
1: I don't know if he's that groomed, that well groomed, but uh, I'll send you a picture of him. I've got a before and after. Yeah. That I can send you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, hope Toby. Hope he's feeling better. Um. So tell me. If, well, first, uh, let's first do a Super Bowl. Let's do the Super Bowl prediction right away. Okay. Um, do you want? Um.
1: Can you give me? Can do you have a Super Bowl prediction? Well, I've got two bets going, which is crazy. I normally do about twenty one dollar prop bets, and I just can't get a feel for it this year don't maybe i don't I just don't feel like doing it so I only made two wagers no more no prop bets for tomorrow um i've got the i got the chiefs plus seven and a half under fifty six and a half um teaser i think it i it could get a you know twenty seven twenty four is fifty one points so I feel pretty safe. I don't think these defenses are going to get them, Let either team get into the 30s. So, I got the Chiefs plus seven and a half, under 56 and a half, and then I hedged and I took the the the, uh, the Eagles minus one and a half. So what I'm hoping for is a three, four, five, six point game where the Eagles win, and then I'll win both bets if it's under 56 and a half. But I I don't know what to think. I mean the Eagles. I think the I'm starting to believe the Eagles are going to win. And because I think they're going to relentlessly – if they get a lead, they're going to just run the ball constantly. Um, and I think Hertz is going to have a big day running. So the only thing they could screw that up is if Mahomes is just on fire. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's got enough weapons. So what do you think?
0: I have the Chiefs 31-17 and Mahomes what? as your MD, the MVP.
1: Yeah. Um, now, do, do you, you have... wager? No, nah, no. Nah. 'Cause you've got uh, you don't have legalized betting in California. They keep turning it down. Yeah.
0: Even if we did. I'm I'm not a big sports better. The only okay. the only sports betting I really do is 50 fifty fifty. I'll do a fifty fifty at a ball game. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, the the raffle for a couple yeah, of bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But do you have so do you have Jalen Hurts as your MVP if they pull for the Eagles? Well are you gonna say the yeah. Eagles win?
1: Yeah, I would. I would probably say, yeah, I, you know how it is. If whichever team wins, the quarterback is generally going to get the MVP. Oh yeah, so, that's the that's yeah. same thing. I mean, think if the Eagles win, you know, it's, it's the same old line. If the Eagles win, it's probably because Hertz had a big day. If the Chiefs win, it's because Mahomes had a big day. I mean, Kelsey could catch three touchdown passes and make you know three third down catches on the final drive to win And He could, you know, the Cooper Cup could. Emerge again this year from a receiver standpoint, but I think it'll be the QBs. And I just, you know, like everyone else, I just want to see a close game. Uh, I'd love to see a high-scoring game. That's more fun. But it's, a, it's pretty good defenses. We'll see. What are some of the more fun um, prop bets that you've done over the years? Oh gosh, I am a big. Uh, will there be a defensive touchdown or safety bet? That's usually like six, seven to one. Prop bets, generally speaking, um, the, the the major ones are minus bets. So, you know, bet a dollar, win, you know, 67, 80, 87 cents kind of thing. So I tend to shy away from those and go for the long shot bets, which are plus bets. So there's one, uh, like Kenneth Gainwell, over 19 and a half yards rushing is minus 120. So you bet a buck to win 80 cents, Okay. So if you if you put twenty of those on the board, you have to win them all to make money. If you lose a few, you're you're just not going to recoup your money. So things like um, the backup tight end for Kansas City is plus six hundred to catch a t- TD pass. That one caught my eye. I might have bet that if I was doing this. But um, here's one: the last touchdown of the game will be scored by the Eagles' defense, thirty-eight to one odds so that a buck wins oh. 38 um wow so there, there there are lots of crazy long shot bets um I mean, you want to pick a, a spare guy for mvp you can get like 1500 to 1 so you could make a lot of money if you hit on a couple of those but i'm just going to stay away this this year uh, i had a very i had a very good gambling year i was i was um i think my record is 94 and 83 for the NFL this year, which is pretty good to be on the, to be above 500 is uh, remarkable.
0: Yeah. Very
1: good. Uh,
0: I was going to say, who is the backup tight end for the Chiefs?
1: Forston. Yeah. Forston. F-O-R-S-T-E-N. Yeah. Forston. He's caught. Okay. Yeah. He's caught two touchdown passes this year. So.
0: Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, yeah you don't you don't bet on
1: like the national anthem like, no, uh, no, I do the coin flip, the national anthem, the Gatorade, those three are stupid. I don't nobody does though I mean <laughs> no. yeah yeah yeah, okay,
0: um, so tell me about your uh,
1: Panama vacation yeah oh. um we we got back last week we we were down there about eight days, so we we weren't thinking we, you know we try to go two places every year and We're going to go to Poland in July. Uh, I wanted to do Belarus, too. There's this little town in Belarus right over the border from Poland. And we were going to jump over there and, you know, add that country to our list. But it's a a stay away on the State Department list because it's a Russian satellite country, you know. So that sucks. We don't – we're not going to – you can't really go to that region right now for – probably the next five years and how long this war is going to last. But, you know, to do, we were going to do Bulgaria, Romania, Albania, um, Belarus, Ukraine. We're going to do that whole slice of Eastern Europe. And now it's just kind of a stay away. But anyway, back to Panama. So we weren't really thinking Panama. And then Maureen was trolling around the internet and she found round trip tickets to Panama city from Atlanta uh, 325 each, and we just said, "Well, let's go. We got to go. I mean, you can't afford not to go. It's too cheap, you know." So we put this together several months ago. Anyway, we flew to, uh, we drove to Atlanta, flew to Panama City, which is a huge, huge city, many, many, many tall buildings. It looked like the New York City skyline. It was, it was enormous, and it is the richest city in Central America. It's where most of the action happens banking and casinos and things like this. So you can tell that like maybe people from other Central American countries probably have a condo there or something like that. It was, it was really, really busy. Um, So we went to the old town first where the original settlement was. It's a portion of the city. And we stayed two nights in a hotel in the old town and and mostly walked around to the old churches and, and, you know, uh, uh, museums and things like that. And then we uh flew to a place called Boca del Torres, um, which is a set of islands on the Caribbean side at the north part of the island. It was like fifty minute flight, you know, one of those little twenty-four seaters. And we we arrive at this little village and we took a boat forty minutes to a resort. It was a all-inclusive, adults-only resort, incredibly remote on this island. Once you're there, that's it. You know, there's nothing else to do. And so there were 17 rooms at this place, and there, were only, there was only one other couple there when we got there, this British couple about our age. So we basically had this place to ourselves, and we spent four days, four nights there. Uh, We went snorkeling, um, got in the ocean a little bit. This is up on the Caribbean side. Um, But mostly we read books and laid by the pool and ate a bunch, drank a bunch, things like that. We didn't – when we went – one day we got in a boat and went to a chocolate factory, which was nothing more than this hippie from our age, from L.A., who who makes chocolate from the cacao plant. You know, I – you calling it a factory was uh <laughs> hyperbole. It it was just a guy and a couple of local helpers who makes chocolate bars and chocolate tea and stuff like that. So that was kind of the highlight of the whole trip, going to see this hippie who uh he was quite the he was quite the character. Um so I'll pause there, let you jump in. What was what was his name? His name was Gary and he was he had moved there from LA he was an eco guy, so he had a, uh, a nonprofit. He he took us on a tour of his property. We went on about an hour long hike. It was amazing. We he told us all about the plants and the trees, and we saw four sloth um, sloths, I guess you might say plural, uh, up in the trees, and they're just exactly like you see on TV. They just they just sit there. They don't move. One guy was reaching his hand. Another branch, and it took like five minutes for his arm to get up to this other branch <laughs> um so that was a treat. I'd never seen a sloth before, but the the knowledge this guy had of various trees and how how they're almost extinct, and you know we need to save the planet. He was just a wild man um and so that was it was fun to meet him, and we bought some chocolate tea and uh some some nibs and things like we got to see how the cacao plant gets processed into actual chocolate that was pretty fascinating but what a life this guy's leading you know in the jungles of panama um he's uh making chocolate and giving people tours of his property so so why did he
0: choose panama as his destination
1: i don't know you know it's a there's a it's a rainforest where we were and he wanted to live in that environment and save the planet one, you know, one tree at a time. He's, this one particular tree, uh, I can't remember the name of it, um, is almost gone from the planet. And he is taking the seedlings that drop from the, some of the trees that are on his property, Armendo uh, our, our, our tree, I think. It's very, very hard wood, super hard. And the natives never used to be able to cut it down because axes could not penetrate it. And then when chainsaws were invented, they started harvesting it. Anyway, he ships these seeds around the world to different people so they can plant the tree. And, you know, so he is doing some good. And he just—I um, don't know—he moved there with his his husband and two other guys, and then those three guys left. He's the only one left at uh, this little place. Oh wow! So after we—yeah, after did we get visited, di- with, go ahead. Did he get divorced? Yeah. I well, I don't know. Well, who oh. knows? Maybe a common law husband. I don't know, but. Oh yeah, anyway, he's a character. Um, Anyway, go on. So then we took the then we took the boat back to the to Boca Boca Town, Um, you know, and then we flew back to Panama City, and then we had two more days in Panama City. So that we you know we got back at night. So the next day, Saturday, we we had a tour by local. So she picked us up at 6 a.m. and we went on a 2 hour walk through the rainforest first and then we went to the Panama Canal. Now, that was super cool. Um, well first we took a she took us a after the hike we did a boat ride um on the lake and we got to see howler monkeys and and crocodiles and and uh, this other kind of monkey and all kinds of birds and everything. So that was kind of cool. And then we went to the canal. They have a visitor center uh, at, at one of their biggest locks. And so you watch this 45-minute video of how it was made and what it's done for the region, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can go watch ships come through the lock, and which was you know, relatively boring. A big-ass ship comes in, and then you just slowly watch it sink because it's 85 feet. It's got to displace 85 feet of water to level it out with the Pacific, where it's going to go. So, and it, just the fascination of how they built this thing, so, was impressive. So they it started the French started it and abandoned the project about forty percent complete. They they had one idea, it didn't work. And then at the time, Panama was owned by Colombia. They were part of Colombia, and but they didn't they didn't want to be part of Colombia. They wanted their own independence. So the United States. Um, stepped in and helped Panama basically gain its independence in a, a bloodless—you know there was no battle or anything. Um, for and, and not not in exchange for, it, but what came with that was the commission to try to continue this project. It, you know, twenty thousand people died doing this. It was it was a, it's just it was it's one of the largest, probably most famous engineering feats in the history of the world. And so there were. Two lakes and a river, and actually one lake and a river, which was, you know, 50 miles. It's the, the isthmus is 50 miles long, so they dammed the river, created a huge man-made lake, which is the one we were on when we went for our boat ride, and that is the main channel where the ships can pass each other pretty easily. And these ships were enormous. We're in this little tiny skiff, and we're buzzing along next to these entire these huge container ships, you know, 15, 20 containers high all over the whole ship. It's impressive to see the size of these container ships. And anyway, so they they get about 40, they call them transfers, about 40 transfers per day. Now, a transfer might be a huge container ship and a sailboat that get into the lock together, one behind the other, and they barely fit there's like a foot on either side for these huge container ships in this, in this, this lock. And then they start pumping the water in or taking the water out and they move that through. And then the next couple ships, they're all lined up to get, to go through here to these through these locks. It's amazing. So that was kind of, that was like a highlight to the trip was to just to see this thing and to learn about how it was built and, and all of this. So when it was, when it was built in the, let's see, 1903 to 1914 is when they really finished it the first ship that went through in 1914 had the unfortunate uh, um, uh, coincidence of world war one started the very same day. So the fanfare for this thing was pretty limited in the newspapers and things like that. But it, um, where was I going with it? It, it's, um, it moves, you know, ungodly amount of material and goods and, and equipment and stuff through this thing every year. It's, this, the numbers are just staggering. And, and of course, you used to have to go all the way around South America, right, to get where you needed to go. And this thing cut that thing, you know, by two thirds in terms of the time and stuff like that. So, I mean, we take it for granted now, but it was like quite the thing in the in the 19th, <laughs> early 1900s.
0: Um, <clears throat> so, is there a U.S. Uh, like tourist destination you would compare it to? Like, is it like the Mount Rushmore of south america or something or or
1: what well it's i think it's the mount rushmore of uh canals i mean on the, the same guy that dredged the suez canal um tried to do this but th- there was a big difference you know you couldn't the it's just that's why it failed the french failed um it, it's it's you know when you look at it it's not that impressive but when you think about what it meant for commerce in the in the in the world it's it it's got a pretty high importance. Um uh, it, it never shuts down. They never you know, wars, uh weather, holidays nothing. It's always going. And it's just it was just uh super impressive. The there was a canal zone when it was being built. The US um ran the 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 canal for many, many years. In nineteen seventy nine Carter and Panama signed a treaty or trying signed an agreement that in 1999 December 31st they would US would turn it over to the Panamanians and that so they own it now but for most of the 20th century it was a US uh, it was called the canal zone it was 5 miles long hey hey 5 miles long toby trying to get up on the couch uh <laughs> 5 miles wide and and this this uh like 10 miles long was a U.S. sovereign kind of encampment. You know, no alcohol, no prostitution, no. It was, and, and everybody was housed within this zone, the Canal Zone, that was working on it. So the engineers, the workers, in their barracks. There were. We drove past several forts. The lady called them. They were just abandoned, or they, they don't. They're not in use anymore because they don't need them. But for years and years and years, that's where people stayed who worked there. And so they were right on site. You know, they didn't have to walk very far to go to work or drive or whatever. But uh, there was a whole – was a, to turn that over to Panama was a huge deal for their country. Were you able to see what the forts looked like and the places they lived looked like? Just driving by. We didn't go through the barracks or anything like that. But it looked like anything, any other thing you could imagine, just long, low you know, buildings that probably housed – can't, you know, the, 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 the dining area and the sleeping berths and things like that. Okay. Um,
0: cool. So how would you compare Panama to other countries you've been, um, like, was it similar to any, um, countries you've been? Uh Well,
1: yeah, I mean, we had those two experiences. So we had city and we had, you know, the forest, the rainforest. So the rainforest felt like Costa Rica, felt like Belize, places we've been, you know, very primitive. We saw lots of indigenous people um, who, you know, these little dugout canoes that they stand in and and paddle. Um, I don't know how they handle that choppy water out in that, uh, or we were, but um, yeah, so you could, we had the, the literally ultra modern towers. We stayed in a very nice hotel when we were in the city and people walking around look like, you know, what they could be walking the streets of New York. You know, it was just very urbane and and sophisticated, et cetera. And then you go to the the, the jungle, and it's a completely different story, right? So we had those two different experiences. Um, probably wouldn't go back, you know, because it's a very small country, and we felt like we did the two things that you would do there. Um, so, no, I mean, I, it, it felt like Costa Rica when we were at this resort and uh it felt like being in a great big city in Europe when we were at in Panama City how was the food was any, anything stand out well food? we mostly we mostly the food that we experienced i would have to say was at that resort and it was mostly fish um and it was it was you know b plus i would say uh this resort was very rustic um, we had casitas, so you had a little house. So we had, you know, uh, we were right on the beach with our because we were you know, basically the only ones there. So we got, I think, the nicest casita. And this older British couple. It was, uh, by the way, it was uh, clothing optional at this resort. Now, <laughs> the the older British So one morning we woke up and I, I said to Maureen, I said, look out, look out there, the the older British company was frolicking. Uh, in the, in the surf, naked. It was pretty funny. They did, <laughs> were the last people we would have expected to. And then they left the day before us, so we had the whole place to ourselves the, the last day we were there. So, I mean, there was, it was a, the sea that was a little too rough and too muddy. It wasn't a beautiful, pristine beach or anything like that. So, because the jungle came right up to the water, basically. So, it was not like we played around in the Caribbean very much. We were at the pool. And uh, we played a lot of. I, I went uh, went nine and zero against Maureen in Scrabble slash Gin. Uh, she, she goes very. She goes. We can't leave until I win a game of some kind. But she did, she got shut <laughs> out. I beat her every every time we played. But, wow. You know it was cocktail hour at five and dinner at seven and and uh, yeah it was it was super relaxing for those four days we were there because there wasn't really wasn't much else to do except. Lay around.
0: Why? Why was there no one else there in the resort? I don't know.
1: I don't know. It was. It's a. It's owned by a, Cana, a Canadian couple, and they were there, and they said it's kind of um, the end of their high season. So it's start. It's going to start getting wet. You know, the rainy season's coming, and okay. they shut it. They actually shut it down in the summer. Uh, it's just apparently too hot, probably for visitors in July, August, that kind of thing. They go back to Canada. Um, I mean, somebody main, maintains the, the grounds and things like that for them, but they, I don't know. It, it, it was just, it was so rustic that I'm not sure certain people would even, you know, maybe look at the pictures and they probably would say, oh, we're not going there. So, but it's a good question why it was so, I mean, I don't know how they keep the place going with just one so one, one couple staying there. Yeah. So do a
0: lot of people live in Panama from other countries? Like you said, the Canadian person and Gary. Um, yeah, do a lot I think of people so. live,
1: Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I, You know, I think there are – you always read stories. You know, once in a while you read a story on Apple News about a couple who moved to Costa Rica or something, and they're having a blast, and it's low cost of living and all that. I don't know how – prevalent that is. Um, I think people live more on the coast than they wouldn't live in the bush. That'd be kind of weird. Gary kind of is an outlier. But um, yeah, like our waiter was from Guyana uh, when we were in the city. So we talked to him a little bit about how he got to Panama. And yes, I do think Panama City is a melting pot of especially Central American, you know, people who come seek young people come seeking work or something. There were a lot of nightclubs, casinos, uh, just you wouldn't – I was really surprised by how um, modern this city was um, in, in parts. And I suppose there some slums, and the old town was kind of preserved, but downtown where we were on the water, uh, it was hopping.
0: So uh, what American – city would you compare to? to you said New York City is that the one
1: no yeah I would probably compare it more to Miami you know just ah. with the uh, yeah because the water is every is is all around the city so or maybe even I don't know but Seattle probably wouldn't work weather-wise but yeah it's kind of like a Miami although way bigger than Miami yeah in terms of the number of tall buildings and I mean the skyline just stretched forever it was quite amazing Wow. So could you see uh you and Aunt Marine
0: um ever moving to like a exotic no. country? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. I, no. <laughs> no. There was a time. No, because of the kids and the grandkids, but
0: Oh, sure, sure. Probably, yeah. sure.
1: There was a time. Yeah, that yeah. My dream, our dream was we were going to have a house in the US, but we were going to spend 4 to 5 months a year in a different country, so like we would move to the French Riviera, and we would uh, rent a house, and we would stay for three months. You know, we wouldn't just go for a week. We'd stay. We'd stay for an extended period of time. And, and at one time, we were thinking half the year. You know, well then our kids started having kids, and we were like, oh, we don't want to. Do, <laughs> that's not going to work. You know, we huh. we like to visit yeah. and things like that. So so the answer is no. And Maureen has always said. No no second house. We're not I'm not I'm not keeping two houses clean. So uh we're not the kind of people who have a second house somewhere. We just we just do these vacations, these are trips.
0: Okay. So do you want to give Panama a letter grade? Um yeah. any final call, uh, any final comments yeah. on it?
1: We I'd give it well, for us personally, and we've been fortunate to visit a lot of different countries, I would give it a yeah, I'd give it a C, probably C plus, maybe. It wasn't our, f- <laughs> yeah. If you listed our favorite holidays, this would be way down the list. It was kind right. of a bucket item, you know, just it's there. It's, it's not far. I mean, it was a four hour flight or three an hour, three hour and 45 minute flight. And, it, and two other things it was Eastern time zone and it was US dollar. That's their money, US dollar. So when you can travel in your own time zone, you don't have to have any jet lag stuff and you don't have to worry about the money convert <laughs> that made it so much easier.
0: Oh yeah. All right, very good. Um speaking yep. of travel, do you have any um MLB baseball travel plans for this season? Uh
1: your dad and I are still thinking about Miami. We have two two ballparks we have not been to Dallas and Miami. So your dad is waiting to hear whether he gets club this year. And if he does, it's in Miami. And it happens to be like 2 weeks later than we were going to go, and so of course he's not going to go twice. So um we're still talking about maybe one of those two this summer. You haven't decided. Would would you he know, be able to, to go,
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome. Would he be able yeah. to go to a to a Marlins game? If he's there in early May? Yes. Are they?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because we were going to go, we were going to go March. Our plan originally was March 30 and 31 because the, the Mets open in Miami. So you might, if they were healthy, you could get Scherzer and Verlander one, two, which really would have been cool. Now you, you don't know if they come out of spring training healthy. You don't know if they stack them that way in the rotation, but that was going to be our that was our first choice. Like we'll, we'll go to opening day in Miami, see Max Scherzer, blah blah blah. And so we're, I I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks, so we we'll gotta see where that's at.
0: Oh yeah, um, do you have any predictions for the baseball season? Like are the
1: Nationals gonna be good? No, the Nationals will not be good. They will be one of the worst teams in uh, the worst records in baseball. They you know completely <laughs> got rid of everybody good. So I. I probably Chris will go revert now to my pattern, which is I was I grew up a Twins fan and then I moved near Kansas City. So I followed for for you know, University of Kansas. So I followed the Royals for a couple of seasons. Then when we moved to Texas, we were we were kinda Astros fans. And then we moved to Dallas and we followed the Rangers and went to their games. Then we went to Northern Virginia and that's where the Nationals we picked up the Nationals. All this while I was a Reggie Jackson fan. So I kind of followed the Yankees and then I the angels a little bit. So I'm an MLB fan more than a specific team. Like it's not like the Vikings or the Lakers for me. It's uh it's, I follow the sport. I, I follow the guys. I, I, you know, I'll watch an occasional game. Although I don't get the, I, I used to get the package where I watched the Nat, Nats. We moved to Colorado, the Nats were still good. So I watched them every night, you know, um, but I, don't do that anymore. I'm more just kind of following the sport. What about you? Do you have two teams there in your area? Well, I'm always a Mariners fan, number one.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, yeah,
0: yeah. But I, I, I would say Dodgers number two now. Um, okay. Yeah, I go to, I go to at least a few Dodger games every season.
1: Uh, you don't, yeah. How far
0: are you from Anaheim? Um. Yeah, I go to like one Angels game a season. Uh, okay. Angels state. That's like it's over 50 miles. It's pretty far. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, people don't realize that, that Anaheim is kind of far from downtown L.A. or wherever the Dodgers – you know, those two stadiums are not near each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a um, scheme of things are near each other, but yeah. Yeah. What about the yeah. – do you think the Amps uh, – can they win Can they win the West this year? No, Ooh, the Astros
0: are too uh, still. Yeah. I was going to say the Astros are always – but I would say the Mariners will, will make the playoffs again. That's right. Okay. Um, what, what do you think? Uh, what's your World Series? What's the early – give me an early World Series prediction.
1: Well, I think it'd be pretty hard not to go Dodgers-Astros. I mean, that's kind of – Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What was it last year the Astros beat who? They beat – um wasn't the Dodgers. Oh, gosh. They beat – I can't it's remember now. It's always,
0: it's always impossible to remember the, oh, the one that just, they just the happened.
1: No, they beat the Phillies. The
0: Phillies. Phillies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why yeah. does this? It just it's it's. Are, yeah, it's always hard to remember the the past season. Um, yeah. So. But uh, anyway, uh, what was that? Any, any other baseball stuff before we move on from baseball?
1: No, no. I it'll be you know just a, it's a we all know what the season's like. It's a slog, and different guys will emerge. Maybe I mean, Showtime uh, does, does Otani get traded before the deadline? Oh, yeah. Does Judge think, bounce I, does Judge keep it going? You know, stuff like that'll be interesting.
0: I, I'm gonna say O'Tani goes to the Dodgers, goes cross town to the Dodgers.
1: You mean free agent wise? They won't trade him to the Dodgers. They they would I don't, I they'd don't have know. To get quite a hold back, but He'll just he'll yeah, just I end mean. up going there somehow. I don't know the logistics of it.
0: But um Yeah, yeah, the, got some money. I guess the Dodgers the Dodgers would definitely have to let someone go. They're always so loaded with star right. talent right but uh anyway um what about march madness are you are
1: you under the the march madness well i will be um, coming up K, yeah ku you know i went to school at ku so i follow ku basketball and they they're they have like <laughs> their rotation is they're starting five they have no bench and so i would think they'd be out after two rounds but Purdue looks good. I watched them the other night. That real tall guy, that big guy for Purdue. Have you seen e- him play? Edie, Edie. Yeah, he's a giant. Yeah. Oh yeah. He,
0: do you think he could be an NBA star?
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure he'll, you know, do 12 minutes a game for somebody. But I, I'm not impressed. He's just a tall. He's just taller than all those college kids right now. But um, what do you think of all the trades in the NBA?
0: Oh, yeah, there was – well, Durant to Phoenix is the big one. Um, Yeah. I I still – I predicted the Mavericks win the championship, and now they they got Kyrie now. So I'm still sticking with Dallas. Uh, But, yeah, there's lots of big trades. The Clippers, Clippers made lots Mm -hmm. of trades, Uh,
1: tons of trades. Um, Yeah, definitely. I don't think Um, uh, – Mavericks are going to win the championship. No, Kyrie will will ruin them. Just you can bet on that. So uh, the championship is wide open right now. I would say the Bucks and the Celtics would be kind of my two favorites. Um okay. You're on the East. Lakers are a mess. I uh, we'll watched that game against Oklahoma City and I was just so frustrated. I'm a lifelong Lakers fan and that ridiculousness of losing to the Thunder, you know, it's just and and you know, not even well, three-point game, I guess, at the end, but never really in doubt from halftime on. It was, it was just disgusting. They shouldn't lose to the Thunder. Um, Gee, but now, now Westbrook's gone. That helps.
0: Wait, what do you mean? Did, wait, did Westbrook get traded? I didn't even. Yeah,
1: Westbrook they, they, they traded Westbrook to the Jazz. What? And, uh, oh, I didn't
0: even. I didn't even yeah. see that. I didn't even notice that
1: one. Really? Yeah, it was a three. It was a three-teamer. They got D'Angelo Russell back from the. Timberwolves, I think. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So Westbrook's going to be released by Utah. He'll be a free agent. The Clippers are talking about wanting to sign him. So Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: he's uh, a, he's awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh do you think Phoenix will represent the West in
1: the finals? Well, if they stay healthy and they can gel over these there's not many games left, like 20 or you know, maybe even less than that, but um yeah, I'm definitely – well, maybe there's more than 20, but um, sure. I mean, God, they got a lot of firepower. Um, so yeah, they're as good as anybody else. I don't think it will be the Warriors. Grizzlies are fading fast. Um, Denver's good. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Denver, yeah.
0: Um. So moving on, moving out from sports. Uh, do you have any – are there any types of books that you would like to write that you haven't written yet, like specific types, types of books?
1: Yes. I My next book is going to be what I call the 12-year-old boy book. So my favorite books are – there's a couple. There's The Painted House by John Grisham. There's Lightning Strike by William Kent Kruger. um There's The Story of Edgar Sawtell. Uh, which is the name of a book, uh, there, this genre where there's a 12-year-old, you know, 11, 12-year-old boy. And he is sort of not, you know, he's kind of a, ignored by his family or maybe his dad's a drunk or something. There's some drama in his family, but he lives in a place where there's a lot of adventure. So he and his friend or friends can get out into the woods. They can get out on a, a river. They 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 do stuff other than go to school and, and, you know, stay at home. And then there's some kind of mystery involved. Usually like they'll run across a dead body or they'll somebody. Anyway, there's this, I could name a few more probably in this space, but I've always been fascinated by that. It's kind of a coming of age story, but also he's solving some mystery or he's getting somebody out of trouble, you know, this kind of thing. So that's my, I'm circling that kind of, but right now I haven't got any – usually I'm waiting for inspiration. Like um, the other night, uh, I usually dream these books. And so the other night I was dreaming about a science fiction book. And I woke up, and when I described it to Maureen, she goes, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not going to describe it because I've almost forgotten it. But it was so vivid in my mind, the plot line, the character, the main character, everything. And then I wake up, and I've got this shell of a story. And but I abandoned that one i 'm not going to write science fiction so uh yeah i 'm kind of circling this what i 'm going to do chris is I'm gonna google, i 'm going to google because i don 't want to write the same story so i 'm going to google you know best twelve year old boy story so how how I find it and i 'm going to line them up i 'm going to try like five or seven, five, seven or eight examples of of this book and then i 'm going to read their plot i 'm going to read about their plot so that i don 't you know step on somebody because that 's not fun, right, to write this exact same story. And then I'm going to try to figure out where mine fits in. Isn't, what do you think of
0: that? Well, you mentioned, the, uh, you mentioned finding a dead body, and I think that happens in the movie Stand By Me. Sure. And yeah, Stand By Me is a good yeah, example kind of, of, of this. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's kind of that well, genre this, that you're discussing.
1: Yeah, this genre, is, is, this genre goes way back to Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn. This is a, this is a pretty popular plot line for authors is to write about a it could be a young girl it could be a young boy but it's a this notion of the adults don't know what the kid is up to but the kid is doing something useful or worthwhile and of course there's twists and turns they get in trouble they almost get caught you know these various things that happen to them but um it's a pretty popular uh genre and so i'm going to i'm going to see if i can do something with that
0: also uh Sandlot and Goonies are a couple other ones.
1: Exactly. Um, exactly. Yep. Do you ever
0: yep. Do you ever write do you ever write down your dreams? That that really makes it easy to memorize them if you just write them down right when you wake up.
1: Yeah, I do. If it's a if it's a plot line for a book, I will write it down and so see this is if a book that, that, that has of, to be a novel. hmm hmm Some that, of my ideas kind of, could be yeah, some of my ideas could be short stories, you know, twenty to twenty five pages. Um but you can't get in and out of a story like that in twenty five pages, so that's gotta be three hundred pages. I was just gonna say that you could write a a sci fi book
0: like uh, George McFly. Um <laughs> Yeah. We just I, I just watched Back to the Future uh recently, so I have the yeah. I have the McFly's on my mind. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what about like a travel book? Do you ever want to write a travel book? You do so much traveling. What about writing a book about it?
1: Yeah. I mean. You mean nonfiction or what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like nonfiction. Yeah. Like no. writing about about your travels.
1: No. No, I don't think so. I'm mean, nonfiction's not. I read a lot of non. I read some nonfiction, but. Um. No, that's not. I'd rather make up the story. So I had a. Um, interesting thing last night the we were at the, our club having dinner and the guy that owns wicked weed brewing that lives in our community and i've gotten to know him a little bit at the wellness center or at the fitness center we work out and i was telling him we were sitting in the steam room and talking about something and i was telling him that i've written two books and he goes oh well you know where do i find them so you know he orders them um, online and so last night we're having dinner and, and they're walking out and he comes over to the To the uh, table and he goes, the bank robber. He puts his arms out wide. He goes, I just finished it today. And he was, you know, praising how much he liked it and all this and that. It's a no better feeling, Chris, than having somebody like, uh, at least profess to like your, your work, um, you know, your written words. So he was going to start the other one. You've read The Bank Robber, right? Did you read it?
0: I've started it. I've started
1: it. I'm I'm just
0: getting there. I'm I'm finishing a, a different a couple other ones, but yes, okay, I'm just getting cool. into it.
1: Yeah. let I me read, know what you um, think of, yeah.
0: I read Moonshine. I read Moonshine Club. That
1: was yeah.
0: good. That was good. Yeah, good. Yeah. But um yeah. that that's awesome. Yeah. Do you do you have a – what's the next book
1: that you're that you're working on? Well I'm gonna try this twelve year old boy thing. I gotta try to figure out what the story okay. is. So I gotta do a little research okay. on that. But that's probably what'll be the next one, yeah. I don't know where to set it. Marine goes, where are you going to set it? And I said, I don't know. I mean, first one was in Montana. Second one was in Colorado. Um, I might set this one in South Dakota. On a, on a, but, you know, there's I don't know if enough enough can happen in, in Aberdeen, you know, where I'm from. I'm familiar with the, the farm life. So I could set it on a farm and put the farm anywhere. But we'll see. So Very how good. are you feeling? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I heard you got a good yeah. bill, I heard you got a good bill of health from the doctor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing great. Um no news is good news. Yeah, doing Excellent. good. Excellent. Um yeah, so if you if you set it in South Dakota, would would the setting have like a a big bearing
1: on the uh yes. story? Would that would yes. that
0: affect the story a lot? If it was in South it does. Dakota?
1: Yes, it it totally does because there are no woods in South Dakota. There's no beach. There's no major rivers. There's no big lakes. There's no natural beauty. I mean the Black Hills maybe, but not eastern South Dakota. So I just don't know if there's enough for the kid to do when he's not in school or not at home in South Dakota because I lived there, and there wasn't. (laughs) We would ride our bikes around town. We'd ride it out to Mino Lake. Um, but we mostly played, you know, down by a creek that was nothing special. So it was, uh, I can't rely on my own childhood to really think about, it'd be better to set it in Bozeman where they could go up into the mountains or something like that. If, if it was in
0: South Dakota, it could be like National Treasure too, um, when they go into Mount
1: Rushmore. You could do well, that you would have to be out yeah it would have to be out there in the black hills it couldn't it couldn't be in aberdeen you know it's just nothing nothing happens in aberdeen you could you
0: could incorporate some type of Nicolas Cage type of character that <laughs> right that lead, leads them into into Mount rushmore like what yeah. what do you think about what do you think about that that story and then and then when you go visit Mount Rushmore, you're like there's no way that they could. Um Like the lake. First off, the lake's not behind it, right? You've seen that movie, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's I mean, you, you want to be careful that the setting doesn't overwhelm the, you know, the story. So I, I don't know if I would bring in a Empire State Building or or Mount Rushmore into the a story like that, because then, it, you know, it kind of takes away from what the plot is and things like that. But yeah, what about I don't know,
0: we'll what about that one? What's that one that uh, they use in the Steven Spielberg movie? Devil's Tower? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah,
1: Devil's Tower. Yeah. Devil's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, yeah. yeah Is that Devil's in South Tower.
0: Dakota? Is no, that... it's in
1: Wyoming. No, it's in Wyoming. I've been yeah. there. Next time That's you go cool. cross-country, cool. your dad take you to Devil's Tower. It's amazing. We
0: No, we drove right by it. We drove by it and saw it. But, um, okay, we were, we were like 20 miles off, but you could see it. You could see it from the yeah. interstate.
1: We went yeah. there with, with Grandma Arnie and Maureen's mother, and we went and we walked around it. We did the whole trail around it, and people were climbing it. You, they look like little ants up there. It, it's an amazing structure in the middle of nowhere. Oh, there's there's no way you're allowed to climb that anymore,
0: right?
1: Oh, yeah. They, they give climbing permits, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. – is it worth a the trip there to see it? I think so. I mean you got to be going past it to go – I mean it wouldn't – You know, I wouldn't set out from Los Angeles to drive just to Devil's Tower. But if you're going, say, to the Black Hills and you're running through um, Montana to get there on I-90, yeah, drop down and go there first before you head over to Spearfish or something, sure. Are
0: there it's any definitely, other
1: – Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are, are there any other, like, random uh, tourist destinations around the country, just, like, weird spots that you would recommend, kind of like, like the well, giant ball of twine or something?
1: <laughs> no, I don't know about that. I I'm, I think that exists, but I've not been In to that Kansas. one.
0: Um, Kansas.
1: Yeah, Kansas, I think, yeah. Um, well, there's places like Four Corners, right, which is kind of a silly tourist attraction, but – there's a big circle, and if you put your hands and your palms and your feet, you could be in all four states at once. You know, we've been there. Um, there's the geographical center of North America, somewhere in Kansas, I think. You know, it's the mid from Alaska to the tip of or you know top of Canada to the bottom of South America. It's the midpoint of the Americas. Uh, then there's another one that's the midpoint of the United States, uh, east to west. These are just the kind of random things that people sometimes stop and have a picture taken. Um, I think I've been to one of those. I can't remember which one. And then uh, there's Cadillac Ranch in Texas where the Cadillacs are buried along the highway. Um, another kind of man-made. There's Big Rock Candy Mountain, I think, in Utah. Um, that, that's a that's a natural. So the Devil's Tower and things like that would be natural. And um, then you've got Non-natural stuff. That's funny. What about
0: uh, Carhenge in Nebraska,
1: like Stonehenge <laughs> but cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carhenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another one. Yeah. That'd
0: be that would be a fun travel book if if someone did a road trip and they went on and oh, went the, to all those. That'd be kind of cool. Those
1: books, are, yeah. Those books are out there. If you want to find, go on the Amazon. You can find all kinds of. Travel across the United States books, and I'm sure there's one where they they hit all the weird m- m- man-made stuff.
0: Oh yeah, you think like people have done all the different types sure. of travel books you could think of. Oh, yeah. They've done it. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I was yeah. gonna say. Oh, happy belated birthday. Um. Thank you. You just had that.
1: Yesterday Did was Maureen's anything? birthday. Oh really? Yesterday? Yeah. We're we were born 19 days apart. So yeah, I'm I'm the 21st of January and she's February 10th.
0: Okay, well, happy belated birthday to Aunt Marine too. Um, yeah,
1: did we're you guys, see you? We're gonna see you in October.
0: Yes. You know, yes. In, in Spokane? October. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course,
0: October. You'll have to
1: blog. You'll have to blog slash uh, podcast from the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday Dude, morning. <laughs> give us a highlight of the. Yeah, of course. Of course. Have your sister and Daniel on the podcast. That'd be cool. Oh, I why will. why are you getting married? Are you sure about this? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah.
0: I, I just stand up. I'm the I'm the one objection. I stand up when they ask if there's any objection. <laughs> 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 Wait, can I <they> podcast? <laughs> uh Yeah. Did, did you guys did you guys do anything fun for either birthdays? No. Um
1: we didn't um went to a couple breweries yesterday while the dog was getting his his haircut but uh no not much
0: awesome all right well Is it talking uh, to you, Chris? yeah um all right yeah i'll talk to you talk to you soon um okay. we'll plug your okay. the bank robber on amazon and yeah talk to you later talk to you sure.
1: later uh, have, uh, enjoy the game tomorrow see you bye yep yep see you